many have your weapons ready for the battle? Let me see your hands. Hmm. Well, the fight is on. The battle is on. We are enlisted to fight. Today we will continue our focus and our study on weapons. And if you have not been here over the last several weeks, I want you to stop by our Welcome Center. Get the DVDs of the previous studies on our weapons series. Or you can go to our website, lpcc.org, www.lpcc.org. There we go. Go there and you can view it uh, online for, for free. And I believe it will help you and encourage you and um, help you to win the fight. Anybody tired of the enemy? Anybody tired of the onslaught and the lies of the enemy? Relentless, never stopping. Well, he's not going to stop. So we have to be ready to fight and we have to have the right weapons. And I want to suggest to you today that you might be able to fight the battle on your knees. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ephesians chapter 6. I want you to open your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 6, if you don't mind. Let me read, let me read a, a handful of scriptures here. Finally, verse number 10 starts. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Somebody say the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the plotting of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this age. We wrestle against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's who we wrestle with, ladies and gentlemen. Therefore, here it is again. Take up the whole armor of God. I think he's trying to suggest something here. I think he's trying to tell us something here. Don't leave partially dressed. Put on the whole armor of God, that you will be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to just stand. Verse number 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Hallelujah. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Father, thank you for your Word today. We thank you, Lord, that it is alive, living, it's able to rock change. And I pray, God, that that would happen today. Change us by your word. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen. I recently read a story about a small town that had historically been a dry town. Y'all know what I mean by a dry town? Let me interject this. We went to a little shop the other day, a couple days ago. It had knickknacks and, and candles and, and, and just home accessory things. And so Karen, she was drawn to this little shop like a moth to a flame. And I just have to go in with her, you know. So she's looking all over for this, that, and the other. She finds some candles. And then the, 
the owner says, well, there's more upstairs. So Karen and the girls go upstairs, and I'm about to follow, and she stops me, and she says, do you want a shot of tequila before you go upstairs? I, I, she caught me so off guard, which I thought was a little inappropriate. But you know what? I didn't have time to process it. I just zipped right back to her. I said, oh, no, honey, I'm a dry guy. She just, I think she took one physical step back. She just said, oh, oh well, good for you. I said, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't drink, I don't drink anything. I don't drink one drop of alcohol. I've made a decision, and I'm going I'm to remain true to that. I don't need any tequila. Thank you anyhow. And I went upstairs. But that's a dry. I'm a dry guy. How many dry guys do I have out there? Any dry ladies out there? Come on. Amen. I won't ask the other question because I don't want anybody to get uncomfortable. But uh, I read this story about a small town that had historically been a dry county. It was a dry town. But then some idiot local businessman decided to build a tavern. I added that little part in there for good measure, but you know what I'm talking about. A group of Christians from a local church got concerned and planned an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to intervene. And it just so happened that shortly after their prayer meeting, lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. <laughs> I'll let you process that and let that soak in right there. Now, the owner of the bar sued the church, claiming, you can't make this stuff up, right? The owner of the bar sued the church, claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible for the lightning that caused the fire that burned the bar to the ground. Thank you. But the church hired a lawyer to argue in court that they were, in fact, not responsible. The presiding judge, after his initial review of the case, stated, Well, no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer, and the Christians do not. I wonder how many Christians believe in prayer in this room here today. Oh, I know you do. You're a witness of prayer. You're a testimony of prayer. You're first-hand eyewitness to prayer. You have prayed prayer, prayed numerous prayers, and they've been answered. How many would say, God has answered my prayer? Not only are you a witness to prayer and your own prayers that have come forth, you are also sitting here today, I would say, as an outcome to prayer. Somebody across the miles has been praying for you. Somebody prayed you into the fold. Somebody prayed for your healing. Somebody prayed for your marriage. Somebody prayed for your children. You are the result of somebody else's prayer. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we know that prayer works. Now, sadly... For many believers, prayer is a last resort. When all else fails, pray. How many believe you ought to pray when all else fails? Good. I do too, Dan. I believe when all else fails, you ought to pray. But I don't think that's the only time you should have been praying is when all else fails. I've tried everything else. I've called on everybody else. I've knocked on every other door. So now I guess all else has failed. I better pray. That's not, that's not good praying right there. And 
listen to this. Our God is so awesome. Our God is so good. Our God is so loving. He still hears and answers those kind of prayers. Sadly for some, prayer is a way of getting things from God. All prayer is is a a way to check off your, your, your want list, your wish list. God, I want this. God, I need this. God, give me that. God, give me this. That's not good praying either. Not just when you need something from God. Some prayer is a get-out-of-jail-free card. Crisis only. I'm busted, and now they're going to throw me in jail. I guess I better pray now. Do you know how many people find Jesus in jail? Almost all of them. And in prison, the statistics even get higher. Lots of people in prison are finding Jesus. they got a lot of time to find him. A lot of time to talk to him. But if you're only waiting until the jail time, only waiting until the prison time, only waiting until the crisis mode, that's not really good praying right there. For some, prayer is something that is said before bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I think we ought to be praying at the conclusion of our day and giving God thanks for his blessings throughout the day and asking for God's grace and and mercy and favor and his keeping power through the night. I believe in bedtime prayer, but if that's the only time you're praying, something's wrong. For some, prayer is only something that you say very, very quickly before you eat your meals. God is great. God is good. Now we thank him for this food. Why'd they put good and food together? It don't really rhyme, does it? For some, prayer is almost a superstition. It's almost superstitious, like crossing your fingers and and holding your breath or blowing out the birthday candles, knocking on wood or wishing on some falling star. But for us, the spirit-filled, blood-bought believer, prayer should be so much more. Our text here today reminds us of the importance of being properly dressed for battle. We are given step-by-step instructions on how to dress ourselves every day for the fight. And it says more than once to put on the whole armor of God. Don't just put on your shoes and nothing else. Don't just put on the breastplate and nothing else. Don't just put on the helmet and nothing else. Step-by-step instruction on how we are to dress ourselves and how we are to take up the weapons that will help us to win the fight. But I want you to, to camp out with me just for a few minutes on one verse in particular out of our text here today. Would you mind bring that verse up for me again? It's verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Here is the key. Here is the critical part of being dressed for the battle. The most important instruction, perhaps, is found in verse 18. The believer hasn't even begun to fight until he learns to pray. By faith, we put on the armor. By faith, we take up the weapons. But hear me today. It is by prayer that 
the weapons are implemented. It is by prayer that we put the weapons into action. The believer who accepts the armor of God but does not pray, in my opinion, is just a person who's all dressed up with no place to go. The great theologian E.M. Bounds said these words concerning prayer. Prayer is the great universal force to advance God's cause. Not to pray is a denial of God, a denial of His existence, a denial of His nature, and a denial of His purposes toward mankind. Praying men are the only men in which the Holy Spirit dwells. I had to reread this for the first service, so powerful. Praying men are the only men in which the Holy Spirit dwells. For the Holy Spirit and prayer go hand in hand. The Holy Spirit never descends upon prayerless men. He never fills them. He never empowers them. There is nothing whatever in common between the Spirit of God and men who do not pray. The Spirit dwells only in a prayer atmosphere. I believe that's why Jesus said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. The title of the message today is Fighting on Your Knees. I don't think we think of, of winning a, a war on our knees. We think we need to be ready and in place and on our feet, ready to advance. But maybe let me suggest that the, the proper position could just be on your knees, on your face, in a closet somewhere, communing with God. There are three things to consider this morning in order to win the fight on your knees. Jot this down. Number one, the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer. To prioritize is to put in proper place or position those things that matter most. I wonder where prayer falls on your priority list. Karen is my priority. There is no human on earth that has more priority in my life than Karen Bland. That includes my father, whom I love dearly, but my dad does not have the priority in my life that Karen does. I remind my children lovingly from time to time, you're not more important than my wife, your mother. And I love my kids. I would do anything and everything for them. But my priority, the human priority on this, on this earth, the only one that has greater priority than Karen is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. She's the one that has priority in my life, not my sisters, not, not my staff, not you. And I love you. I think, folks, we need to draw some lines spiritually with our priorities and make it known. It's prayer a priority in your life, it must become a priority. I took some notes in my Bible. I, I highlighted a few things afresh and anew. I don't know about you, but I, I, I write in my Bible a lot. I highlight and I underline and I put stars and asterisks. And, and I, neon, I if I could do a neon light in it, I would on some of these things. It's so good, right? So take your, take your highlighter or your pen and, and, uh, and highlight a few things or underline a few things. Bring up verse number 18 again. And I want you to see these two words. 
praying always with all prayer. They jumped off the page at me and said to me, this needs to be a priority. Praying always. Now, I had to kind of think about that a minute. That's a tall order. But I was reminded that that's not the only place in Scripture that we're encouraged to pray all the time. The Apostle Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, look at this. Pray without ceasing. Are you kidding me? What? I mean, who can do this? Yolanda, I thought, who can do this? That's not even fair to ask. Because who can do this? And so some people want to take this very literally. And you, you will find some people just constantly mumbling a prayer under their breath. And even praying in tongues. Just always praying something, right? Because they're afraid that if they don't, they're, they're going to be in disobedience to the word of God, which says praying always. And then here in 1 Th Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. But I thought how sad that would be because we would all fail. I have a feeling. I think we would all fail. I know I would fail because I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But I felt the Holy Spirit just give me some calm and some assurance that that's not really what he's talking about. I think to pray always is an attitude. The priority of prayer needs to be an attitude of prayer. That no matter what comes our way and no matter what we are doing, we have this attitude of a, a, a believer that uh, is going to pray. Do you have an attitude of prayer? It is woven into your being like fabric woven into a tapestry. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't separate the two if you wanted to. It's just part of who you are. It's an attitude of prayer. It needs to be also an instinct. When something arises in your life, what's the first thing you do? Do you go to the phone or do you go to the throne? What's your instinct when it comes to crisis? Not that crisis mode is the only time we pray, but when crisis arise, do you instinctively pray? What about just the average, not even crisis? What if you have the opportunity of two jobs before you? They both pay equally, both the same distance from your house, both with same benefits, almost exact same same job situation, and you get to pick. Do you flip a coin? Do you put the both in a hat and draw out the which one? Or do you say, instinctively, I must pray about this? You see, I believe God to be the God of cancer and, and the God that heals cancer, but I also believe that God can be the God of the common cold and cure the common cold. Too many times we want to just suffer through the common cold and we don't want to bother God with it. But I believe we ought to instinctively be people of prayer. Do you have a short list of people that come to your mind that if something comes your way, you want to call them and, and, and have them pray for you? How many have people that you just know, I'm calling them. If I don't get to anybody else, I'm calling her. I'm calling him. Of course. Are you on someone's short list? There's a good question. Is somebody thinking instinctively, i got to call Rose Kelly because I know she's going to get to the throne. 
I heard her get to the throne one day. I'm telling you, I went to visit John in the hospital, and he was on the phone kind of going, hang on a minute. But I'm telling you, he was so blessed, and he starts talking in tongues just as she's praying over him. I could hear, he's holding the phone out here because she's praying so powerfully and so forcefully. I said, I got to get her number. I want to call her when something happens because I know she's going to get to the throne. I know she's going to connect with God. Are you on somebody's list? I want you on somebody's list. I hope I'm on your list because I want to pray with you. I want you to email me or text me or, 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 or call me, whatever it is. But I want you on somebody's list. You ought to be on somebody's list because they know that you are a man of prayer. They know that you are a woman of prayer. They know that you're a student of prayer, a young person of prayer. I, I'd take some of these, these young people praying for me any day. You let some kids lay their hands on you. Their prayer is so pure. They have the simple faith to believe that God said it and God will do it. I'd have some kids lay their hands and pray over me, over some of the adults. Sometimes, see? But see, prayer has to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. Prayer is also a decision. The priority to pray will be your choice to pray. Choose today to pray. Choose to pray about anything and pray about everything. And I like this little portion in verse number 18. It says, pray with all prayer and supplication. To me, that suggested pray the public prayer and pray the private prayer. Pray the individual prayer or pray the corporate prayer. Pray the long prayer or pray the short prayer. Pray the standing prayer or pray the kneeling prayer. Pray the laying on your face prayer or the walking it out prayer. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of petition. Pray the prayer of intercession. Pray the prayer of submission. Pray the prayer of repentance. But by all means, get on your face. Get on your knees and make prayer your priority. Hallelujah. Prayer must be your priority. It is your go-to. It is your instinct. It is your attitude. I want to talk to you a moment about the power of prayer. Oh, there's great power. Bring up our text one more time if you don't mind, Jackie. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Underline it, highlight it. Neon signs to it right there. In the Spirit. Why is your prayer different? Why is our prayers as Christians, followers of Jesus, why is our prayers different? Because let's face it, there's plenty of people praying. Plenty of people praying. Jehovah's Witnesses, are, are, they're praying. They're praying people. Do you know that? Mormons are praying. Mormons put us to shame in many areas. The area of, 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 of recruiting and witnessing and, and going out and telling people about their faith, they put us to shame. And you better know something, the Mormons are praying. There are some sects of the Normans, uh, the Mormons, not the Normans, sorry, if your last name is Norman, I apologize. I, I, I meant Mormon. I got in-laws, my sister's a Norman. Where am I going? Karen, help me. Pull me back on track. The Mormons, some sects of the Mormon sects. <sighs> Jesus, help me. They even speak in tongues. Do you know that? Yes. They speak in tongues. There's plenty of people praying. Buddhists are praying. The Buddhists are bringing, they're bringing an offering into part of their house. Some, some of the Buddhists have converted a whole room for prayer. Did you know that? Many in your town. 
in the city you live in, they have a whole room or a section of their house converted for prayer. They bring in fruits and vegetables every day to their God. Their God that doesn't have ears. Their God that can't hear them. Their God that will never answer them. The Hindus are praying. They have hundreds of little gods that they pray to. And they do it faithfully every day. Many times throughout the day they're praying. The Muslims, you better know they're praying. They stop everything. Work stops. Play stops. Everything stops. They all face the same direction. They all get on their knees. They all bow to their face. And they all lift their voice in prayer to a God that cannot bring about any change. Satanists are praying. Witches are praying. Witch doctors are praying. Lots of people praying. We're praying. So what's the difference? Here's the difference. It is in the spirit. There's the difference. We're praying in the spirit. In the spirit of what? In the spirit of a living God. That is the distinction and the separation that makes our prayers full of vitality, full of life, and able to bring about results. Acts 1.8, we know it well. We usually refer to this when we're going to pray for people to speak in tongues and receive their heavenly language. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let's just stop right there. I mean, I know it goes on to say what's, what's going to happen, and we're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But I wonder if we could just stop right there and say, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So why can't our prayers then be spirit-empowered prayers? And in fact, they must be spirit-empowered prayers, or we're just like the other thousands, millions that are lifting up prayers to no avail. I want my prayers to bring results. I want your prayers to bring about a change. I want when we agree together, because the Bible says where two or three agree together, it shall be done. I want that to happen, and I want us to see the changes. I want us to see the results. And you better know today there are results of a spirit-empowered prayer. In 2 Kings chapter 20, the first result was reversal. Isaiah told Hezekiah that he was going to die, but he prayed and God gave Hezekiah 15 more years. He turned things around and things were reversed. It was a wonderful result of the Spirit-empowered prayer. I don't know if Yolanda Moronis is here. Yolanda, are you here? Holler at me if you are. Maybe she was in that first service, but just, just a week ago, I got a text from Yolanda Moronis, and she said, Pastor Steve, I need you to pray. She called on several people. I need you to pray. My brother's friend's baby, y'all following me? They live in Arizona. Two-year-old baby fell into a swimming pool. Nobody noticed the little boy had fallen, and he almost drowned. By the time they got him, he was unconscious. He went into a coma, a state of a coma, and they said it doesn't look good. Unless he gets a miracle, he's not going to survive. And we began to pray for this little baby, and all of a sudden, Karen brought me another picture that she had texted, and on the front page of the newspaper, it said, prayer works. And this little baby, by the power of a spirit-led prayer, he was raised back to life. 
and out of the coma. I want to tell you something today that if you will pray in the Spirit, if you will pray a Spirit-empowered prayer, God will turn things. God will reverse things. God could give you longer life. God could bring life out of death. Hallelujah. What else is the result of a Spirit-empowered prayer? Provision is the result of a Spirit-empowered prayer. In James chapter 5, we, we learned that Elijah prayed a prayer, a spirit-empowered prayer, and it didn't rain for three and a half years, the Bible tells us. And then Elijah prayed another spirit-empowered prayer. He prayed again, and it rained. God is able to provide for our needs. He's still Jehovah Jireh, the God that does provide. He provided wisdom for Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3. God said, Solomon, ask whatever you will. Solomon said, all I need, God, is for you to give me wisdom. People come to me every day, and I don't know what their needs are, and I don't know how to counsel them. I don't know how to direct them. So, God, if you just give me wisdom, that's good enough for me. That's all I need. God said, since you didn't ask for anything else, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you a bonus. And Solomon got wisdom, and he got riches, and he got honor, and he got positioned by God because of a spirit-empowered prayer. Maybe you don't need water and maybe you don't need wisdom, but I love what John 14, 13, and 14 says. And whatever you ask in my name. We, we have a God that will provide wisdom. We have a God that will provide water. But we also have a God that will just provide whatever. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. There are results for the person who understands the power of prayer and prays a spirit-empowered prayer, praying always in all things in the spirit. What other result? Healing is a result of a spirit-empowered prayer. Many here today have been healed by the power of prayer, agreeing in prayer that you would be healed. But James, we shouldn't be surprised at this. James chapter 5. Do we have this one? Yeah, I want to bring this one up. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. I believe that to be a spirit-empowered prayer right there. Anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the Bible says, will save the sick or heal the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Look at the last sentence. The effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. The spirit-empowered prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray the spirit-empowered prayer and since we are Assemblies of God, since we are Pentecostal, I think it only right for me to exhort you and to encourage you, pray in the Spirit. I'm talking about praying in your heavenly language right now. I'm talking about praying in tongues, unknown tongues. I don't know if anybody saw the funeral yesterday for Whitney Houston. I didn't get to see it. We were driving, but Karen let me, let me hear some of it. And Pastor Marvin Winans, I'm telling you, he opened up his Bible and he preached. He preached yesterday. He let them know how to find Jesus and to get God in their lives. 
I was, I was completely amazed. But he said something, Rose. He said, now, I'm, my primary language today is going to be English. But if you hear me speaking in another language, don't get offended. Don't get nervous. It's hard to break old habits, and I'm not talking to you anyhow. I'm talking to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say we ought to be praying in our heavenly language every day that God gives us breath. We should be praying in tongues, interceding for others in a way that we couldn't pray any other way. People will come to my mind and I try to pray for them and, and form words of English for them. And all at once I'll just begin to I begin to pray in, a, in my heavenly language, which is a perfect prayer, by the way. It will lift a perfect prayer to the Father, it, praying exactly what that person needs. It's not just about tongues, ladies and gentlemen. If all we're doing is speaking in tongues, the Bible's very clear. It's annoying. It's just a lot of noise. And it's like a clashing cymbal. But when you pray a spirit-empowered prayer and you pray in the spirit a spirit-empowered prayer, watch out. I'm telling you, you can intercede and, and, and pray for things that you wouldn't be able to pray any other way. Finally, let me just point out one more, one more thing to you today before we leave. It's how we can win the fight using the weapon of prayer which is fighting on our knees. Prayer must be our priority. We must tap into the power of prayer. But there is the matter of perseverance. The perseverance of prayer. Our text, once again, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and here it is, with all perseverance. Let me ask you something here. Whatever happened to praying through? Anybody remember growing up and there was talk about grabbing, horns, ho grabbing hold of some horns on an altar or something? Anybody remember this? Whatever happened to praying through? I believe there is the matter of persevering in prayer. You didn't see the results on the first time you prayed? Don't stop praying. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Persevere in prayer. Jacob did. Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord in Genesis chapter 32. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's perseverance if you ask me. The Shunammite woman's son was dead. Elisha sends his staff on ahead with his servant Gehazi. And he said, lay this stick on the boy's body. But when Gehazi laid the, the staff on the boy's body, nothing happened. So Elisha comes to the boy himself. He stretches out upon him face to face, nose to nose, mouth to mouth. The boy's body warms, but that's all that happened. He's still unconscious. He's still dead. So Elisha gets up off the boy, and the Bible says he paced back and forth. What's he doing? I believe he's persevering. I believe he's not giving up. Once more, he gets up on the boy's body, stretches himself out on the boy, and this time the boy sneezes seven times, and he opened up his eyes, brought back to life because of the perseverance of a man of God who would pray a spirit-empowered prayer. That's out of 2 Kings chapter 4. You might look that up this afternoon. Powerful. Blind Bartimaeus. How about blind Bartimaeus? He heard that Jesus was passing by. He began to lift his voice loudly and cry, Jesus! 
Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tells him to shut his mouth. And it even seemed that Jesus didn't hear him or, or perhaps didn't care about him. But we know better. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus quiets everybody and calls blind Bartimaeus over. And immediately the Bible says in Mark chapter 10, blind Bartimaeus received his sight and began to follow Jesus. There's the Gentile woman in Matthew chapter 15. She's pleading with the Lord for her daughter. Her daughter is sick and needs healing. The disciples urge Jesus, send her away. She's a Gentile woman, not one of us. Jesus even said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. But she had perseverance. She had tenacity. She had a never give up kind of attitude concerning prayer and talking to the Lord. And I love her response. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs <laughs> which fall from the master's table. Perseverance. Praying through. Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Never give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dissuaded. Pray. Pray with fervor. Pray with tenacity. Pray with perseverance. I prayed for 20 years, 20 years, that God would heal me of epilepsy. The very disease that I saw ravage my mother's life. And ultimately, it was in part the culprit of her death. She had a grand mal seizure so severe, it put her into a, a stroke. It, it caused her to have a stroke. And at the age of 39, my mother was gone. And now here I have the same disease. Only I, I started having seizures probably 10 years before she did. I started having seizures when I was about 10 years old. She didn't start having seizures until the birth of my little sister, Beth. So I did the math. I did the math. Mom started having seizures here and died at 39. I started when I'm 10. So I'm not going to live to be past 20-something. That's how I thought. And for 20 years, I prayed. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I got discouraged. Has anybody ever prayed for something for a length of time? Maybe 20 years, maybe 10 years, you prayed for something and didn't really see the results. I didn't see the results. I didn't know God was doing something in the unseen. Because I believe that when you ask and when you pray, God answers. Anybody else believe that with me? I'm telling you, I believe that God answers. I believe God answers prayer. But His answer isn't always the way I thought it was going to be. His answer might be no. You ever think of that? No is an answer. His answer might be not yet. It might be wait, but
but it is an answer. Oh, I love when it's yes, and it's right now, and it's immediate, and it's, it's miraculous, supernatural. Don't we love when God answers that way? But more times than not, God has answered in a, with a process, teaching me. But I, I stand here today as a testimony of the power of prayer, persevering in prayer, not giving up, continuing on in prayer. There is the matter of praying through and continuing on in prayer. I want you to bow your heads this morning. Hallelujah. Father God, I've done my best to deliver the words that you spoke to me and planted in me. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take these words, embed them into the, the minds and the hearts of the people who've heard them. Make us people of prayer. With prayer being our priority, we believe that you hear our prayers. We know that you answer our prayers, so let prayer be our priority. And we, may we pray with power, tapping into the power, praying in the Spirit, praying Spirit-empowered prayers. And may we not get discouraged when we don't see the results. May we have tenacity and gumption perseverance and pray through continue on in prayer with your head still bowed the most important prayer a person could ever pray is the prayer of repentance and asking a loving God to be a part of your life Asking a forgiving God to forgive you of your wrong, forgive you of your sin. The most important prayer you would ever pray. I wonder if there's anybody here today, you're ready to pray this prayer of repentance, accepting God's love and asking for God's forgiveness. If you have never received the Lord Jesus as Savior, this will be the most important prayer you'll ever pray. I would like to be the one to pray it with you. If you're here today and you're ready to pray this prayer, asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, forgiving you of sins, slip up your hand right now. Is there anyone here? Anyone? No matter what you've done, no matter how far removed you feel from God, it's a prayer of asking God in your life, asking Him to forgive you. Come on and slip your hand up right now. I'm looking all over this room. I want to pray one more prayer. It is for those who have been discouraged because you've not seen the results of your prayer. You've been praying. You've been asking. But yet the results 
never seem to come and you're discouraged if that's you just put your hand up put it right back down I'm not going to ask you to move amen Jesus Jesus I pray Lord that all that discouragement would just leave it would be lifted right now though we don't see the results may we be reminded that you are in fact at work in the unknown and the unseen give us peace today Father give us assurance and comfort that you are working and you're answering prayer and I also pray Lord that results would be seen just as I prayed for 20 years, you completed the work that you began, and there was a conclusion. And I'm asking God for a results and a conclusion to some of what the people are grappling with and dealing with. Pray your blessing, God. May we desire, Lord, to be men and women of prayer. And in fact, if that is your prayer, you would like to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer, a student of prayer. I want you to get up on your feet. If you desire to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer, a person of prayer, you want somebody to think of you in the top six or the top ten. Got to call Roneal. I know Roneal pray for me. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? You go, you better. You better know it. I'm going to pray for that. Why not? Why not? Why not you guys? Why not any of us? I got to get to so-and-so. Got to get to her. Got to get to them. So, Lord, now I pray for this congregation of believers. Make us men of prayer, women of prayer, people of prayer. And may we win the fight on our knees. Pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We are going to put this to practice tonight. We're going to have a season of prayer. I want you to come and pray with us. We're also going to celebrate some new life. We have a baptism tonight, and there are a handful that we are going to baptize. Some young people are going to be baptized. Very, very exciting. And at the conclusion of our baptism, our praise time and our prayer time, we are also going to love on Pastor Jack Hughes who has retired, and we are going to have a, a, a reception in the friendship room. I want you to bring your love. You're welcome to bring a card or anything you'd like to honor him and to say thank, he, thank you to him for his love and service to the church. Amen. Until then, the Lord bless you. You are dismissed. Go with God. Be blessed and be a blessing.